The Dudes of Kung Fu podcast is brought to you by Wing Chun Illustrated Magazine. Wing Chun Illustrated is the premier publication for Wing Chun. Published six times a year, Wing Chun Illustrated is a perfect bound, full-color, glossy publication. Each 60-page issue comes packed with in-depth content and feature stories by and about the world's greatest exponents of Wing Chun, regardless of lineage or style. Wing Chun Illustrated has featured people like Emin Bostepe, Philip Bayer, Yip Chun, Gary Lam, Donald Mack, Samuel Kwok, David Peterson, Chan Chi Man, Mark Phillips, Wan Kam Leung, Sam Lau, Robert Chu, Sifu Sergio, Victor Ken, and many, many more. There are two ways you can enjoy this fantastic publication. Go to wingchunillustrated.com and order the magazine as a print-on-demand. The print quality is simply amazing. Or download the Magster app and get a subscription. That's Magster, M-A-G-Z-T-E-R. This way, when the new issue hits the stands, you'll automatically receive it as a download onto your smart device for offline reading. In fact, with your new Magster account, you can access the magazine on multiple devices, iOS, Android, Kindle Fire, and web browser. To make the deal even sweeter, listeners of the Dudes of Kung Fu podcast can use the coupon code DUDES to get a six-month complimentary digital subscription. That coupon code is DUDES, typed in all capital letters. Go to Magster, again M-A-G-Z-T-E-R, to register, add the six-month subscription to the cart, and apply the coupon code at checkout. The Dudes of Kung Fu love Wing Chun Illustrated Magazine. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode. Man, you're going to love this episode. We have Bobby Samuels on, who was an absolute joy to have on. He told some awesome stories, and his story about how he grew up as a you know, a kid from New York, an African-American kid from New York, and became the uh, Hong Kong star is, is amazing. And, and he, he, in the uh, podcast, he re- tells a story about... Uh, how he got into the Hong Kong Stuntman's Union, which is one of the best and coolest stories we've ever had on the podcast. So sit back and enjoy, and welcome Bobby Samuels. Dudes of Kung Fu. Please welcome your host, Alex Richter and Big Sean Madigan. And we are back. Dudes of Kung Fu, we're back. They said we were down and out, but no, we're fucking back. How you doing, Alex? Who said we were down and out? Who are you listening to? I was listening to this other podcast that said Dudes of Kung Fu were down and out. I'm only kidding. No one's talking. Oh, okay. I'm just... our, our, the one other podcast that's uh, competing with us, right? Right. Exactly right. <laughs> So last week we had our first episode in a while without uh, without a guest. It was just you and me, and people really like it. I think people miss that a bit. Yeah, I mean they miss more me than you, but I get that. You know, it's it's uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's a nice switch up every once in a while, just me and you. Um, how you doing? Good. Good man. Good man. I'm getting over that last UFC, which was pretty amazing. That was amazing. That UFC was phenomenal. I I mean three title changes. Thug Rose was awesome. I mean, I have nothing against uh, Joanna, whoever say your last name, but uh, it was pretty cool the way she put her down, man. She was like, she was, she's one tough yeah, girl. Yeah. And it was, and it was great, great to see him not just fall on his face and get knocked out. I think GSP, I, I'll be honest with you, I know my opinion's not popular. I mean, GSP's a freaking awesome athlete. He looked like he was gassing. I think if that yeah. went to the fourth round, I think uh, Bisping was going to take that, or at least I had a better possibility sure. of taking it. 
Um, and I and, and I yeah, so all for TJ Dillashaw, so that was uh, yeah, it was a good fight too. The, I, I like the lighter weights. For me, I think it's just since I got into the whole Bruce Lee thing when I was younger. When I was just, I like to see people who move dynamically. I don't like to see heavy dudes, you know, moving slowly and punching. It's just not really entertaining for me. Yeah, go fuck yourself. Um. <laughs> So, uh, we now have a new announcement about the AMA episode, which is coming out. So, this is an exclusive thing for supporters of the podcast. Um, anybody who wants to uh, ask me anything, um, essentially, it's an AMA episode where people can type their comments, anything they want me to talk about. Uh, they can write it in the comments, and I'll do an episode which is just me answering these questions. And then, if this thing isn't a total failure, Sean will do one afterwards. <laughs> but if it crashes and burns, forget it. We won't do it. Exactly. We put the post up yesterday for the questions that you know people want to ask me for the podcast. And quite frankly, the response was overwhelming. I already have way more questions than I would be able to answer in one episode reasonably. So I'm going to record an AMA. It's Ask the Genius Anything. And um, the first one will be free for all the dudes of Kung Fu podcast listeners. After that, all the AMAs are going to be for the supporters of the podcast. So if you are not supporting the podcast, you can support the podcast for as little as $2 at patreon.com slash D-O-K-F. Or you can go to dudesofkungfu.com slash support and find out all the ways you can support us there. By the way, if you guys are going to redeem the dudes, uh, what is the dudes coupon code for Wing Chun Illustrated, just to remind you guys, you need to do that at magster.com and not the app. We make that announcement clear for everybody. So, listeners, the dudes of Kung Fu Podcast get a free six-month subscription to the to Wing Chun Illustrated, but you got to go to Magster M A G Z T E R dot com and put in the coupon code at the checkout to get the six months of the free subscription. So, I just want to make that clear. And what is the and, coupon um, code again? Yes. The coupon code is dudes all caps. Okay, and guys, and that's dudes with an S, not dudes with the magazine is phenomenal. It's not like you're doing us a favor by getting the magazine subscription. You're doing yourself a favor. It's six months free of the best Wing Chun magazine out there. It's 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 a phenomenal magazine. It's the only magazine I read at this point. Well, that that and Skin Flicks, but that's. <laughs> I'm really surprised you can read, Sean. <laughs> I listen. I'm gainfully fucking employed, dude. So. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, uh, tonight we have a fantastic guest on the podcast, and this also represents another first for our podcast. In the past, we've had Teet Kundo instructors, Wing Chun instructors, but this is the first time we're having somebody who's from the, the movie world, the movie circle, uh, in particular the Hong Kong movie circle. This is a good friend of mine. His name is Bobby Samuels, Robert Samuels. He was a, uh, a student, so to speak, of, of Sammo Hung, the, the legendary Sammo Hung, started a number of films with him. Uh, I believe um, one of them was Don't Give a Damn, which is a very iconic Hong Kong Kung Fu film. And Bobby knows all the greats. If you go to his Facebook page, it's like enough to make you so jealous your face is going to explode when you see photos of the people that he's with. You know, uh, not just Sam Hung, but Jackie Chan, Yin Biu, Yin Hua, all the Shaw Brothers stars. Even like, you know, people who are long since gone, Lam Chen, Lopi, all these guys. Um, it's like everything I always wanted in my entire life. I'm, I'm very lucky to consider Bobby one of my friends. We have him on the podcast tonight to talk about his time 
making films in Hong Kong with Samuel Hung and, and, and how he was able to do that. So I uh, just want to give a nice warm welcome to Bobby. Uh, Bobby Samuels, how you doing, man? What's up, guys? How you doing? Hey, Bobby, welcome to the <laughs> show, man. Appreciate that, man. Kick hey, ass. Bo Bobby, it. have you ever gone to Alex's Facebook page? He has pictures with him and celebrities also. Uh, there's Alex with Kevin oh, yeah. Spacey, Harvey Weinstein. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Don is just hating because I every time I have a shirt with a photo, I always tag him on it because I know how much he loves it. So he always has to give me shit for my Facebook page. I've seen your nipples more than I've seen a woman's nipples. I'm fucking sick of it, dude. <laughs> Let's not say much. <laughs> That's funny. So, uh, Bobby, um, you know, I, I just want to say for those of you out there who don't know who Bobby Samuel is, if you're not in a car right now listening to this podcast, hit pause and go on YouTube and type in Bobby Samuel's tribute and go watch this like a three minute highlight reel of Bobby like fighting Samo and all these guys. Pause the podcast right now. Go ahead and watch that video, and then come back, and you will realize how awesome it is that we have him here tonight. So, um, thank you both. So, Bobby, what brings you to New York, man? Oh wow. Um, well, we we actually brought Shaw Brothers to New York this time around. We uh we actually have the legendary Lou Fong from the Five Daily Venoms and countless of the Shaw Brothers films um, here in New York City to receive a uh, Lifetime Achievement Award at the HBO Cinemax-sponsored Urban Action Showcase um, tomorrow and uh, Saturday. Uh, we were lucky enough today, thanks to you, Alex, in order to film an interview with him uh, for Celestial DVD and LV Network um, for the upcoming year. So I'd like to thank you for that. Appreciate it. My pleasure, man. I'm always happy to have you here. And, and any excuse I can have to hang out with you and, and like a Shaw Brothers legend at my school is... It's, it's never really difficult to twist my arm to do that. <laughs> right, right. It's awesome, man. Thank you. He had a wonderful time. It's a great interview. And uh, we look forward to showing it on television. Awesome, awesome. Um, real quick, uh, Sean, do you detect a little bit of an echo on his uh, headphones? It sounds fine, dude. It's, 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 sounds, it sounds fine. Yeah. Okay. I, I just want to make sure because he's literally in the next room. I just want to make sure that that's that not, not that's just me hearing it twice. It, it's, it sounds awesome. fine. No worries. So, Bobby, um, how did you get started in Hong Kong films? Because, first of all, you're African-American, and it's not even easy for a Chinese person to get into Hong Kong films. And how did you, how did you make your way to Hong Kong? How did you break in? What, what, what made you crazy enough to go to Hong Kong to do movies? Well, it started uh, when I was, I think, maybe like eight or nine. I went and saw a film called Five Fingers of Death with uh, Lole. And... I knew that at that point, the film had such a, an impact on my life that I said, I know what I want to do. I want to work in action films, but not just any action film. Films from Hong Kong, uh, and at that particular time, it was Shaw Brothers. Um, so started practicing martial arts at an early age, Kung Fu. Uh, when I became, in my early 20s, uh, I, I used to go on auditions in the United States for films. and. Uh, other notable African-American actors would show up, like Wesley Snipes or Stishburn. And I never really got an opportunity or a fair chance at the audition process. So I said, you know, this is my chance. What I'll do is I'll go to another country and I'll make a name for myself there. And that way, when I come back, 
it's almost like ideal even playing field and I would get the opportunity. So I knew that making that trip would be very difficult, so I had to have a plan. Um, I got hired by US Airways at the time, and I knew that you could fly for free. So every year when I got a vacation, I would go to uh, Hong Kong and try to meet people. Subsequently, uh, the third or fourth year that I attempted this venture, I met a guy named Chu Chi Ling. Most of you may remember him from Kung Fu Hustle. Um, he became my manager for a number of years. Yeah. He became my manager for a number of years. Um, but again, he's a great guy, but he really wasn't getting me the type of roles in, in Hong Kong that I wanted. Um, so I came back to America. Um, in 1991, I got an offer to come back to Hong Kong, um, and I got to meet Samuel Hong. So it was a gentleman, his name was uh, Paul Chang, Chang Hong Yen. And I was at the Nico Hotel in the bathroom, and he walks in, he's like, you know, this is weird, a black guy in Hong Kong. And he said, what are you trying to do? I said, I really want to get in the movies. So he was like, all right, I'm going to help you out. He said, uh, meet me in an hour, and uh, we'll, we'll, I'll have some people to, to introduce you to. Subsequently, in walks Sammo Hong uh, and Chen Kun Tai. At that point, my heart just dropped. And uh, he, was, he told Sammo what I, what I was in Hong Kong to do. And then Sammo was like, uh, well, can you fight? I said, yeah, I can fight. He said, well, can you fight three or four or five guys at a time? I said, wait a second. So I'm not, I'm not you, but yeah, I can fight. So he looked at the photos I had. It's, it appeared that he wasn't impressed at all. Um, we talked, shop, we had some coffee, um, and then Samo left and Chen Kuntai left. So later that evening, Paul Chang and I, we end up going to dinner and with Lily Lee, actually. She's another stalwart from the Shaw era. Uh, she came, that was Paul's ex-girlfriend. Um, huh. But she worked in a lot of Lao Ka Leung films and everything. And the phone rang, and it was Samo. And he said, okay, I thought about things, and I'd like to use Bobby in my film. At that time, it was a film he was doing called Hong Fuk Chai Tien. Um, little did I know that in that film, starring was Lo Lei, the same gentleman that I saw in the film when I was eight or nine years old in Five Fingers of Death. And I was cast as like one of the main villains in that film. Uh, a little <laughs> note, anecdote on that particular film, the producer, we finished early filming and the producers owed me $5,000. So I said, you know, they asked me to forfeit the money. I said, I'll forfeit the money on one condition if you allow me to speak to Samo. So Samo walks over, he's like, yeah, what's going on? I said, you know, we finished early. I said, um, they owe me 5,000, but I'm willing to forfeit the money if you give me an opportunity to work with you again in the future. He said, wait a second. You're telling me that you're willing to give up five grand just to work with me again. I said, absolutely. He looked a little inquisitive and he said, deal. Um, so I forfeited the money, I did the film, and then I ended up coming back to America for a short period. At that particular time, uh, I came back to America for about a year. Um, then I get a phone call and it was from Samo. He said, I'm coming to New York and I'm gonna buy a home and I want you to help me set it up. So I met him in Old Westbury, New York. Uh, we set him up. Um, Yun Biao came at that particular time and that's when uh, I got, I met my godmother, Ginny Liu. Um, and we all bonded very well. And Samo, he said, well, I'm, after we set him up, he said, I'm going back to Hong Kong. He said, if you ever have any problems here in America, just catch the first flight back out to Hong Kong and I'll take care of you. Ironic enough, after he left about six months later, I was about to get a pink slip uh, for my job at US Airways. So I contacted him and he was like, catch the first plane out. 
I caught the, I bought a one-way ticket because I knew that if I, if I bought a round round uh, plane ticket, if it got difficult, that I would just cash in. So I said by buying a one-way, this forced me to kind of stay there and, and, and make my way. Um, he met me at the airport uh, with his son, Tinjel, and we immediately went to the immigration department. And when he walked in, everybody just like froze at the immigration. He was like, I want him on record as working for me. Um, I know he's an American. He can only stay for 30 days, but he's going to be on contract with my company. And that was it. From that point on, I ended up living with him in his home. Um, and I was under contract with Bojang Films for, uh, for a number of years. Wow, that's awesome. That's such a... That's amazing. It's like, you know, it's the American dream in Hong Kong. Yeah, <laughs> it's different. That's right. That's right. I mean, that's also a great testament to people who want to follow their dreams. You know, people always come up with reasons why they can't do something. And I mean, just look how you managed to figure something out and you put yourself in a position where you had to go and do it. And that's exactly right. how stuff gets done, man. That, that's amazing. Now, yeah. when you were with Sammo Hung, now, of course, most fans of Hong Kong film, they know Sammo Hung from his many films with Jackie Chan, also his many solo films, the classic mm -hmm. Kung Fu movies. And mm -hmm. even to this day, I mean, Samuel was still active doing movies, still doing fighting. He's That's so correct. prolific. He's so amazing. But of course, many people also know that one of his early roles was fighting Bruce Lee at the beginning of Enter the Dragon, right? And, and so he's the kind of somewhat heavyset guy who's fighting Bruce at the Shaolin Temple in the opening scene. Um, did, did Samuel ever tell you anything about... Um, how he met Bruce Lee, uh, like maybe his the first time uh, he had come into contact with Bruce Lee, or were there any like notable stories that he had told you? Absolutely, um, I'll share one with you. He one day he was asleep, and I actually stayed in the room with his son. Um, and I got up early. I went into the front room, and that's when we had the VCR tapes, and they were all labeled in Chinese. So I just started grabbing tapes and, and just taking a look at them. Um, and I put, I grabbed one and I put it in and it was actually footage from Enter the Dragon behind the scenes that he's never released to the public. Wow. And I was in awe. I had never seen it before. Uh, and it was actually him and Bruce. And so he got up, he came in the room. He was like, ah, oh, you, you found that tape, huh? I was like, wow. I said, yeah. I said, tell me really, I mean, what was he like? And he sat down, he had his coffee and he was like, look, he said, I'll tell you the truth. He was like, out of everyone that I've ever worked with in the film business, he was like, by far, without a doubt, he said Bruce Lee was the fastest person he had ever seen in his entire life. Wow. Um, he truly was before his time. Um, and now Samuel was very well known at that at the same time in, in Asian circles and in the Philippines and in Korea. He was making movies and he was he was known as a very well a good action director. Um, that's what attracted Bruce to use him actually in Enter the Dragon. Um, so Bruce actually wanted to pay him and enter the dragon, but he said that he didn't really want the money um, because it really wasn't about the money. It was more about the opportunity to actually work with him. Um, so he said that, you know, he squared up with Bruce one time and, you know, they were deciding who's going to make a move first. And then Bruce told him, he's like, I can, I can hit you four times before you can move. And he, <laughs> could, he didn't believe it. So he said they actually set up and he said, Bruce, hit him four times before he could even move. He said it was incredible. He said he was the fastest human being that he had ever seen in his entire life. Um, he also said he was a very kind man, um, but he eat, breathed, and slept martial arts. That was his, 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 his end goal, Bruce Lee. He was truly dedicated to martial arts. 
the cinema was an extension, but he was truly a martial artist at heart. Wow, that sounds amazing. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, you, you know, he, he, he told you this story about Bruce Lee. Now, uh, did he ever tell you anything about making um, a movie which is, is one of my favorite movies from the 70s? Um, and it's actually being, it's going to be remade now by Donnie Yen. I just saw if they're not already done with it, but Enter the Fat Dragon, where basically yeah. Sammo Hung plays, you know, huge Bruce Lee fan. He's just maybe a more heavy set version of Bruce Lee. It's a hysterical movie and has some of the best fight scenes I've ever seen. Did he ever tell you anything about that? Because that was very different from a lot of the other movies that he was making at that time. Uh, that was uh, in his, in his, appreciation for Bruce Lee and, and, and Bruce Lee's skill level, that film was uh, dedicated to the memory of Bruce Lee. Um, he was a huge fan of Bruce Lee. Um, yeah. And the best way that he could immortalize him was to embrace the image if, of him on screen. Although it was, you know, enter the fat dragon, it's loosely based on it. Um, but just his manner mannerisms and, and his mimic skills of Bruce's acting and his action was like par none one of the best ever um that's right. why that film has lasted so long um and now donnie yen is remaking it so actually he gets a second birth um one thing that he didn't like uh at the time you know the there was a character in there with lehigh shang where he played a black guy um that right. he didn't really like spoofing images of, of people of color like that. Um, he's a very sincere person. He's, he's not a racist at all. Um, but, you know, American fans don't sometimes understand Chinese culture and, and how they view certain um, ethnicities. Um, but again, that was early 70s and, you know, you know, right out of the 60s, things changed. So, sure, um, sure, sure. but, um, you know, he let a black man live with him in his home. So right. he's far from a racist. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's interesting what you said. Like, there have been so many wannabe Bruce Lees and Bruce Lee imitators, and there are guys who look a lot like Bruce Lee, like Danny Chan from Shaolin Soccer and all those guys. But in terms right. of, like, if you ask me who can mimic Bruce Lee the best, it's it's Sammo Hung by far, even though he doesn't physically look like Bruce Lee at all. But Sammo has all the mannerisms in the face. He has, like, the little feints that Bruce Lee did. He's got the shuffling right. footwork. And I'm like, and it's not just Enter the Fat Dragon, but um, Sammo also imitates Bruce Lee's fighting style in Skinny Tiger, Fatty Dragon. And that, which is a mo like a more modern movie where he plays a cop with Karl Maka. And that's amazing because he has entire sequences of choreography that are like straight from Enter the Dragon, but he's doing them instead in his own way. And it's <laughs> brilliant. It's absolutely it brilliant. Is. Like seeing this kind of chubby guy move just like Bruce Lee and not slower and not worse, like really just like Bruce Lee. It's, it's absolutely phenomenal. Um, now, being that you lived with him, I mean, obviously he had the tremendous training going through the Peking Opera School and he had that base. So with that base, he was pretty much able to do whatever he wanted physically. But did you actually ever see him like still training to keep up? I mean, he's not known as being the most athletic guy, but I mean, would you right. see him like doing stretching every now and again or moving or was he just so good he would roll out of bed and do this stuff? I mean, what was, what was it like? Well, for, uh, we'll go to a film that I actually did with him called uh, Momi Bay, which is uh, don't give a damn and in Chinese, but in American circles, they've re retitled it burger cop. Um, mm. So, we were both kind of slacking in the workout category, but when we when we're contracted up to do a film, 
we realized at that point that it's it's on and popping so you better get your ass in shape for lack of a better term right um so asia movie star sports association they have a gym um, of which i was a member um and his other student uh colin cho most of you may remember him from um, a lot of Donnie Yen movies, uh, Flashpoint, and the most famous movie that he's been involved with was The Matrix, as he plays Seraph. Yeah, yeah um, the second Matrix. He has that, that tabletop fight scene with Keanu, right? Correct. Yeah. Right. And it's ironic that Ch Samuel, you know, chose both of us as his students because we, we share the same birth date and we're the same age. Wow. Uh, so wow, that's, that was, uh, that's pretty ironic. But, uh, yeah, we would train every day at the gym to prepare ourselves for the film. Um, outside of that, you know, uh, it's difficult because of all the other commitments we have to constantly stay in the gym. Uh, for me, I was actually doing three or four films at, a, at, a, at the same time in Hong Kong, as well as uh, Colin Cho, Night Sing. Um, and Samo, he was, direct, he was directing a film, action directing a film. So we all had to maintain a certain sense of physical presence. But again, you know, we're filmmakers. So we didn't actually practice traditionally like most traditional martial arts. And I think that the fact that we were able to get into the gym and just kind of adapt and learn the choreography well was because of the early training. Um, once you have the foundation, um, it, it's kind of difficult to lose it if you, if you understand the mechanics of martial arts and, and body. Um, so as long as we had the basics, it would be a little rough the first couple of days, but then afterwards <laughs> we'd kind of get into the groove and, 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 and make it work, you know. Um, now, some of the um, other artists that trained with us, uh, Leon Kayan, he, he, was, he was like my uncle, um, and Lao Kawing. Um, it was a little clique in Hong Kong, uh, uh, Lam Qingying, Leon yep. Kayan, um, Chou Win, uh, Chen Siu Ho, Hong Gambo, um, and Chen Galo, and Nai Sing. Uh, we were known as Hong Gaban. Uh, we all, that's Samuel Hong's stunt team. So we all kind of trained and hung out together. Now, I, I heard, uh, I don't remember if it was you that told me this, but obviously Samuel Hong is a huge celebrity in Hong Kong. So there was like some media attention uh, about him and you were kind of always in his entourage. And the question was like, what's this black guy doing hanging out with Samuel all the time? <laughs> and wasn't there like a rumor in the Hong Kong press you were what were you like his you were his bodyguard or you were a gangster or what what was right. wasn't there some story about that yeah so um in hong kong you know everywhere he went i was with him um and you know he's a huge celebrity um i lucked up and <laughs> they knew the black guy that was with him um subsequently we were he was up for an award uh at the 13th annual golden horse awards um for action directing and when we get there, there's a lot of media coverage and, you know, we're sitting there and uh, after he gets his award, um, I'm sitting in the audience, uh, I go up to the front and then all of a sudden, you know, I have people coming at me saying, oh, you're that guy. And I'm like, well, who's that guy? Oh, you don't read the newspapers? Oh, we all know that you were hired by the mob to protect him. Nice. I'm like, what? But I'm like, okay, if that's if that's what you want to go with, then hey, yeah, I was hired by the mob to protect him. You're damn right. So come yeah, on, you sounded like you're damn there, right. So. <laughs> that's right. Yes, I was like his bodyguard. So hey, look, any press is good press. Right. <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah and I mean, if, if media is gonna if the media is gonna say anything about you, they might as well say you're some kind of gangster, because then like people will just get out of right. your way. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But. um 
he, he he's not involved so, uh, in any any mob activities, but he's well respected in Asia. I mean, if you can just pull up to any restaurant, get out your car and walk in without parking it, and someone parks it and just hands you your keys, okay, try that in America. Right. <laughs> So um, speaking of uh, Don't Give a Damn, the movie you were just talking about before, um, yeah. if I recall, there's a scene in that movie where you have to like run and hop a fence and do all this stuff like all in one take. And that's supposedly the scene that if you did it, then you would be inducted into the Hong Kong Stuntman Association. Can you tell that story? Sure. So, you know, working in the Hong Kong, I always wanted to do something different. I don't want to be like everyone else. So I said, you know, I told Sam I wanted to join the Hong Kong Stuntman's Association. Um, and his first response was, <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Um, but no, I said, seriously, no, I do. So that particular day, Yun Biao was there, Jing uh, Lok and Lao Ka Wing. So in order to become a Hong Kong Stuntman, you have to be signed by three prolific Hong Kong action directors um, just to be even be considered. So uh, there was a scene that we were doing in Don't Give a Damn and it, it was unusual that they felt like most Americans couldn't do it or Europeans in general. Uh, the scene called for me to do run across the field a hundred, about a hundred yards, jump over a 15 foot fence, land on an embankment and jump into the back of a moving truck on a highway uh, all in one take. So they set up a hundred foot of track and no one thought I could do it. Um, so I told Sam, I said, if I can do it, will you sign for me to be a Hong Kong something? So, you know, a member. And they all looked at each other and chuckled because they thought I couldn't do it. They were like, yeah, sure. Absolutely. So he called action eBay. And once he said action, I ran, I leaped over the fence. I landed on my feet on an embankment. It's about 15 feet in the air. The car, the truck was running down the highway. I ran into the middle of the highway and leaped into the back of the uh, truck, and it kept going down the street. Wow. They said, cut. I came back. I heard crickets. They were all in shock that I did it in one <laughs> take. I handed oh. them the form from the Hong Kong Summers Association, and I said, everybody sign it. And they were cracking up. <laughs> so I actually went in there. I actually went in there with four signatures um, to become a Hong Kong Summit. So. I am the, the first and only African-American ever accepted into the Hong Kong Stumps Association. That's wow, awesome. That's, it's absolutely incredible. I love hearing that story. And I think for people who are listening, obviously, to you for the first time, they probably have picked up the fact that you can speak a little bit of Cantonese. So as an African-American yes. who can speak Cantonese, that's also kind of a rarity. And I know just because... I can speak a little bit of Cantonese and every once in a while when you and I speak Cantonese in front of other people, it kind of freaks everybody out. And I totally think we should do some funny webisode down in Chinatown where we just freak all the locals out. Like speaking Yo, Cantonese. I, am with it, dude. I mean, of course, your, your tone and pronunciation is just, just as good as mine. So I know that'll work well. So we should, we should definitely try that soon. You know, I like that. So one of the things I, I do, um, we try to do it as often as possible. Some of the guests want us to do it every episode. We've been unable to. I try to teach Sean some kind oh, of Cantonese God. word or phrase every episode. <laughs> and I've taught him like bait, like Wing Chun's like Kung Fu stuff, right? And I've right. even taught him stuff like Fai Di La, which he said to his coworker, who is Cantonese, like who's like a tech guy. And he's basically right. telling this guy to hurry up. And so he right. knows enough Cantonese to piss off his Chinese coworker. So, oh, since funny. you're a yeah, guest, that was you're actually right. Yeah, speaker, I'm the, thinking. The, the, I'm sorry. 
Yeah, I'm thinking if you could, on today's episode, give give Sean something in Cantonese to say. Now, it can be slang, it can be filthy, it can be something innocuous like a greeting. Right. It's totally up to right. you, but you're going to make him say it on this episode. Nice. <laughs> I can say okay. basically two phrases. I can say, um, Yamo Gacho and Fighty Law. <laughs> Which the IT guy at my job, David Chang, the first time I did that, I my my computer wasn't working. He came he came out walking he came walking out. He's from Hong Kong, and he comes walking up. He goes, "What's wrong?" And I kind of just like looked at my my laptop and I'm like, "Yamo gacho," and he just he he looked at me and said. We'll talk about that in a minute, but don't do that again like that. Right. Right. So I he starts you. working so on it, and I'm like, Fidila! And he like turned around and looked, he goes, Stop it! Like, <laughs> I like that, that's funny. All right, so look, let's go with this. I'll give you an antidote first, and then we'll work with it. So I was, uh, I would catch the MTR in, in, in Hong Kong all the time, and most of the students during rush hour days, they would stare at me because I was really the only <laughs> raisin out there in the bowl of milk sitting on the train, just a black guy, right? <laughs> so they just kept staring at me like I was a science project. So one day I told Sam, I was like, well, they keep staring at me. Can you please teach me something that I can say to stop them from staring at me every day? So he was like, oh, sure, no problem. He said, the next time they stare at you, I want you to say this. I'm like, okay. He said, Dale. I'm like, okay. So that very next day, I got on the train and they started staring at me and I said, I kid you not, at least 30 children ran to the other end of the car. <laughs> now, basically what that meant was, what the fuck are you looking at? That caught them off guard in their language. So there you oh, go. Nice. All right. What the fuck are you looking at? <laughs> nah, so first it was Dale. Hey, I love I love the freedom on this podcast. This is incredible. Oh yeah, Let's go for another one. Totally yeah, you can say whatever the fuck you want, man. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. So let's get him to say the first one, and then let's let's teach him succeed that because that's a very easy one and a very right. funny one to say. Okay, so it was Dale. Right? What'd you say now? In okay. the second part, Neymong Malan, yeah. Yeah, you're gonna have to break that down, dude. Come on, you told Lei, 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 Mong, Lei, Mong, McDonald's, yeah, McDonald's, yeah, Lei, Mong, McDonald's, yeah. I barely have a grasp on English here, guy. <laughs> so, in the second one, he told you was sexy. You know, you can explain to him sexy. That means eat shit. <laughs> I, I really want to know Bokaya. that one. How do you say that? Six C. Bokai. Oh, wow. Eat that shit, was... you bastard. <laughs> wow, you, he's, going, he's going blue on this one. Oh, I love this. It's great. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> you, know, you know why that's easy to remember, Sean? Because six C sounds a little bit like sexy. Right, that's what so I, right? that's I keep on hearing. Six C, right? Sick is to eat C shit, right? It's so six C. Right. So it literally <laughs> eats sexy. Right, right, and then pokai. Uh, pokai literally means to fall on your face on the street, but it's right. kind of like how you call somebody a bastard, right? So it's like sexy, right. sexy pokai. There you go. Listen <laughs> to that. He's a natural. I like it. Se sexy pokai. Yamo gacho. Sexy pokai. That's good. This All is right. perfect. See what you did, Alex. 
Yeah, so so Sean, you officially know enough Cantonese to get in a fight in Hong Kong. Awesome! <laughs> there you go. Or if they're fixing your meal wrong, you know what to say. Where's right? Yeah. Awesome. After I say sexy Pokai, where's McDonald's? <laughs> oh wow! So oh, uh, that's awesome. Uh, Bobby, what, what are you working on these days? So what kind of pro- what kind of project? What 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 you doing now? Well, um, myself and um, I have a new film company. It's uh, formed with uh, three partners. It's R Four Films. Um, we've been very fortunate over the past couple of years um, working with uh, Demetrius Angelo uh, and the Urban Action Showcase. Um, um, we we like to create independent films. Uh, that, I believe that's a genre that's underserved. Um, so we like to um, offer opportunities to upcoming actors uh, for them to get into the business. Um, we formed the company, my myself and my partner, Robert Jefferson, along with Ariel Jade. Um, and we've been turning out some 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 pretty cool action films. Uh, last the year, year before last, we did Beast uh, concept, and that did well. Last year, we did uh, Chronicles of Parker. Um, we won uh, best action film at the HBO Awards. Um, and this year, we're, we've we've gone a little further. We've we've created a full length feature film called Chun. Um, and this particular film was a challenge to us because uh, it's genre bending. For that, we means that. We've crossed genres in this. We have a little horror. Uh, we got a lot of gunplay, and we got kung fu. Um, and we have very interesting characters, um, and we have an original title, Jun. Um, so, it will be premiering Saturday at 9:45 p.m. at the AMC Theaters oh, wow. in Times Square. Um, so, come on out, everybody, and see it. You can meet the cast, uh, myself, and the rest of the company. Um, and again, you know, we're we're going to release it in market early 2018, but Saturday, we'll, you'll have the first opportunity to see it. So we're looking forward to sharing this this new project with the world. That's cool. And, and where's your production company? Here in New York? or uh, No, actually, we're, we're located in Pennsylvania. Oh, nice. Um, we, we do a lot of work out in New York and in L.A. and Mexico, all over the country. Um, but um, we're primarily based out of Pennsylvania. Uh, Philadelphia's up and coming on the film market. And, uh, you know, because we're uh, from Philadelphia per se. Actually, I was born and raised in New York. But um, I've uh, transpired to Philadelphia now. So, you know, we're doing big things in Philly. Nice. That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, and, yeah, so I want, actually realized that we're talking about all the stuff, uh, you know, that you're up to now. But I, I still want to talk to you a little bit more about your time in Hong Kong. When, sure. when be, Before Samuel put you in any movies, so did he – it, was he like training you and getting you ready? And what was the process like before, you know, he put you in the first film and first fight scene? And Samuel Hung is known for being a bit of a taskmaster and, you know, really requiring excellence from everybody. So, I mean, I know what it's like to have a very difficult Chinese father figure, a.k.a. my my, my Seagong, my teacher. And I, but not everybody really understands what it's like to have to be under the pressure of somebody um, you know, who's really established, who's Chinese and expects nothing but perfection. So what was it like actually, you know, getting started with Samo and kind of, you know, doing maybe your first fight scene with him and, and you know, was that nerve wracking? And what, what was that experience like? Um, working with him and training with him is arduous. I mean, painful. Um, as you realize, he grew up in the Peking Opera, him, Jackie Chan, uh, and the rest of the group, the Lucky Seven, Yun Hua, Yun Biu, Yun Kuei, uh, and a couple more. But uh, it was hard. 
and he brought that same early training to training for me and Colin Cho. Um, it was very painful, uh, but it gave me a level of skill that a lot of people just don't have. Um, in addition to that, you know, he asked me what I actually wanted to do in the film business. He said, you can be an actor, but you only be an actor for a short time um, until you play yourself short. He's like, is there anything else? And I told him, I said, I want to be a director like you. Uh, so he would say, well, then you'll have to learn. And every day when we would film, uh, as he set up camera angles, he would call me over and he's like, Bobby, you see this angle? This is why you need this particular lens. This is the coverage that you need. Um, so I got that early education. And I mean, what better way to learn the, the business of filmmaking than from an, an award-winning director such as Samuel Hong? Um, you know, I realized that I was extremely fortunate. I mean, not only to work with him, but to live with him in his home. Um, uh, his children are like my brothers and sisters. His wife is like my aunt. And most of you know his wife is Mina Golai Hong. Uh, she had a very prolific career in Hong Kong as well. Um, you know, I know Sample's sister, uh, his brother, his mother, with God rest her soul. Um, so yeah, I was very fortunate um, to learn early. Um, so to tell you something, a, a very special quality that he had in Hong Fuk Chai Tian, which was the first film I did for him, which is called Gambling Ghosts in English. Um, there was a punching sequence in the film that I had to do, and it, it, it was about 16 to 17 punches. So we started this punching combination about 12 p.m. midnight, and I couldn't get the rhythm of it. And Samo, he, he didn't get mad. He would work with me, and then he'd go sit down and he'd tell Colin Cho, work with Bobby, get him up to speed. Um, from 12 a.m. to 4 a.m., that's how long it took for me to get the sequence of moves that I needed to get done. And he never got mad. He just went over and he started reading, reading his newspaper and everything. So years later, I asked him, I said, you know, that, 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 that night that I had such difficulty uh, doing the action, I said, you never really got mad at me. I mean, a, a person at your level, I mean, you, 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 in my opinion, you should have gotten frustrated or angry or, you know, like, who is this guy? Why he can't do this? Um, and his answer to me was, how can I get mad at you if you're trying? Right. So that just showed a special quality that a person of his stature has that, you know, some people in, at that particular echelon in this business don't have. Um, so that helped me attack uh, my way of filmmaking with humility, um, kindness, and strength, which is a very difficult balance in this particular business. Um, some people are assholes. I know a lot of uh, directors that are just dicks, for lack of a better term. Um, but to learn to treat people with respect and get the best performance out of that, I mean, that's a true essence of, of someone that knows their craft. Um, so he gave me an opportunity when no one else would um, and that's part of the reason why I give a lot of upstart actors and actresses opportunities that they would never have had. Sure, I can go with an established name in some of my films um, that could probably garner me a lot more attention by Hollywood. But I think independent cinema is, like I said, an underserved area of filmmaking. And that's where a lot of creativity exists. Um, you look at a lot of the major motion pictures today, a lot of them are remakes of some movies. And the remakes are not as good as the originals. But what that does is it shows that there's a lack of creativity and a lack of 
people willing to to go with original content. Um, but if you notice, a lot of the smaller film companies these days that have a lot of artistic ventures and films that Hollywood wouldn't touch, they they get critical acclaim, um, and they put people on the map. So the game has changed a lot now, especially with the advent of digital filmmaking. Um, so the grip that Hollywood once had with the studio control versus the theater control versus the actor control, that's been broken up. And that was the biggest fear in Hollywood because it, 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 they lose profits, for lack of a better term, by not being in control. The early days, the studios owned the films. They owned the actors. They owned the distribution house. So that money was kind of kept in. So the biggest fear they had was the advent of digital technology. Um, and like you say, today's digital celluloid, it really doesn't exist anymore because of how advanced digital has come. So yeah, the game has changed. The grip that Hollywood had is no longer uh, in control. Now you have a lot of smaller distribution companies that are willing in a, to accept small films and independent labels because they understand that that's where the creativity exists. That's amazing. Now, what do you... What do you think about, uh, you know, we are fans of the original Kung Fu movie, the old school Kung Fu flicks. And of course, nowadays, you know, people can do CGI. You can make Keanu Reeves look like he knows martial arts. Obviously, it's not the same. I, I mean, like the, the advent of the, the technology to do things we weren't able to do before is really great. But in, do, do, you, do you miss the days where like there were people on the screen who actually knew martial arts or do you think now it's really not going to matter? No, I, I do. Um, listen, you can only use CGI to a certain degree. Eventually, it, it plays itself short. So, and it always goes full circle and it comes back to hand, foot combination, basics of filmmaking um, and just, you know, good hardcore action. Um, that's what we grew up on, um, watching right. Kung Fu movies and Kung Fu theater and, and, you know, they had, back then they had wire work and you actually laugh because sometimes you saw the wire and you hear the, the wind sounds and everything, you know. <laughs> right. um, but the game has changed now tremendously. Um, it, 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 there's an arc, you know. At, at one point they were just using wire work to death. Right. Um, and then now we're, we're, we're kind of coming full circle um, back to Fisticuff, a clear example of um, hardcore action and, and where the game has changed, uh, for lack of a better term. Let's use uh, Tony Ja. Um, once his Ong Bak came out and that just kind of changed the game a little bit uh, again, right. you know, and then you had the raid uh, one and two, both of which, you know, changed the game. So, again, you know, there was no wire work in that. It was just hardcore action. And, I mean, for the original Ong Bak, most of the actors went to the hospital. <laughs> they were actually hurt. Right. So that's real fighting. So, yeah, the game has changed. So before we get out of here, you know, a lot of our listeners, they're, you know, obviously they're Wing Chun people, they're Jeet Kune Do people, but mm -hmm. all Kung Fu and all martial arts people love Kung Fu movies. So if someone came to you and said, all right, what are the first five classic Kung Fu movies I should watch um, to kind of get started, like the primer, like not like the new school stuff. Like if I, if I want to know what's, what, what are the best old school movies to watch, what are your top five? Okay, that's a good question. Um, my top five for old school, as far as like really getting a, a firm grasp on the early education of, of martial cinema, I would say 
any films by director Chang Chit. Um, he was a very prolific director at Shaw Brothers. Um, and uh, he had a lot of the early action stars in Hong Kong cinema. Um, that would be Jimmy Wong Yu, uh, Lo Lei, um, Di Long, Kang uh, Da Wei. Um, so that would be one. Then you would switch over to Golden Harvest, and that that way you could see an, another style of filmmaking, which was Samo Hong, Angela Mao Ying, of which we had dinner with last night. Awesome. Um, <laughs> And Jackie Chan, of course, the most prolific actor with the Golden Harvest uh, brand. Um, then you could take it up a notch to our early modern day cinema, which ushered it in, I would say, with um, Film Workshop, which I was very honored to actually be in the editing bay with John Woo when he was uh, editing A Better Tomorrow. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah, so that's where the game changed again um, with gunplay in cinema so much to the point where that's where John Woo got noticed by American directors because of his balletic uh, gun battles. Uh, and again, the most iconic character in Hong Kong cinema to back then and still today is uh, Chow Yun-Fat. Um, he's one of the most renowned actors of all time in Hong Kong cinema. Um, then we could take it up to uh, Donnie Yen. So at that point, those films that I've given you reference to, you can kind of gradually see the the growth in Hong Kong and Chinese cinema with those films that I've mentioned. Who was the actor? This is going to be a real, this is a real newbie question to you, for you guys. Who was the actor that, that I know, Alex? The one, not that I know him, but like from the 36 Chamber and uh, Gordon Liu. Gordon Liu. Liu. Okay, so that that of course is one of my favorite movies. You know. Yeah. But the the movie, and I know I've asked Alex about this before on the air. But, um, and I still don't remember what you told me, Alex. Gordon, I believe it was Gordon <laughs> Liu that made a movie similar to The 36 Chamber in that he was working at the Shaolin Monastery and it was all with the pole. He was building a wall or something. Right. And Return of the 36 30- With the scar folding, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. That, was that was awesome. I haven't seen yeah, that, that was in Return. years. That was Return of the Master Killer. Um, a good film, in essence. Um but again, the original 36 Chambers is really what gave uh, uh, Lau Cafe his, uh, his, his first notable role. Um, he's a very prolific actor. Unfortunately, um, you know, he had a stroke. Um, mm-hmm. He's somewhat retired from, you know, cinema now, but uh, he'll, he'll live on forever as one of the ushers in, in Asian cinema, uh, him and his family, uh, Lau Ka Leung, uh, being the patriarch. Um, we also want to give respect to uh, my brother in Hong Kong, the White Tiger, uh, Mark Houghton. You know, years ago, um, Mark Houghton is now the heir apparent to the Lao Galeong lineage um, in Hong Kong. And I remember one day I was at Samuel Hong's club in, uh, in Kowloon Sing, Kowloon City. It's called Take One. And Mark was there. So we walked over and, and, and Samuel started talking to Mark and he told Mark, he was like, listen, Bobby is my godson. I want you to look after him always. You take care of him. And that meant something to me. Um, yeah, it it nice. meant that Samuel valued me. And to this day, uh, 25, 30 years later, Mark Harden is still my big brother. Um, and he still looks after me to this day. So I, I love him with all my heart. Um, and now his daughter is becoming a force in, in Asian 
fighting is with the UFC and MMA. Yeah, and, she's an MMA fighter now. Exactly, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Charlene. Um, so I love him. I love his sister. I, I love his, his 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 daughter. Everyone. He's a good person. That's awesome. It's amazing. Cool, Sean. Do you have anything else for Bobby? Uh no, but uh, he's sexy. <laughs> Not the Bobby. <laughs> You just call him sexy. Wow, dude. Okay. Hey, listen, look, he's pretty good looking. Cool listen, he's cool, man. It's a good looking man here. Yeah, you know. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. I really do. I appreciate I mean, you guys having me on. You know, I'm very honored that you know I get to share these stories. Um, I did sign a book deal. A lot of these antidotes will be coming out oh, awesome. in in, the, in my book with uh, Tambuli Media, and uh, awesome. you know I'm just so appreciative of Alex. Um, Thank you so much for everything you've done for me. Um, oh, my pleasure. You're, you're a true brother, a true friend. Uh, you have a lovely family. Your wife has got a heart of gold. I and thought, Bobby, Alex's, Alex's like ego was big enough. We don't got to be that much. <laughs> the, the guy thinks he freaking walks on water as it is. All right. So. <laughs> Listen to this nonsense. All nonsense. All lies. <laughs> Thank you, Bobby. It was really great having you tonight. And Thank uh, you. Sean, I really appreciate it. This was a lot of fun. We'll Thank you, Bobby. I appreciate Sean. it. Absolutely. All right, John. Be good. Yeah, Take yeah, care, guys. Bye-bye. All, All right. Thank you for listening to our latest episode. Please help us get the word out there by sharing this and other episodes on your favorite social media platforms. If you're enjoying the Dudes of Kung Fu podcast, there are many ways in which you can support it. Go to dudesofkungfu.com support to find out how you can help your favorite Kung Fu podcast. We are currently using Patreon to automate great benefits to those who support the podcast. As a supporter of the Dudes, you'll get early access to episodes, as well as a number of other benefits based on your donation level. This includes in-depth topic lectures and even monthly live video conferences with the Dudes. Again, go to dudesofkungfu.com support to find out more about that. As always, you can help support us in small ways as well. Give us a like at the Dudes of Kung Fu Facebook page and share links to episodes. If Twitter is your preferred social media outlet, you can follow the Dudes of Kung Fu there as well. Both Big Sean Madigan and yours truly are on Twitter too. Dudes of Kung Fu is now also on Instagram, so tag it along with the hashtag Dudes of Kung Fu whenever you post something related to the podcast. A great way to support the Dudes is to rate and review it on either the iTunes or Android app stores. The written reviews are immensely more helpful than just giving us a five-star rating. If you have any suggestions for topics or guests, please write us at the Dudes of Kung Fu Facebook page. Please understand that neither Sean nor I can guarantee a response, but we will consider any serious suggestions. And finally, I ask that you help spread an open dialogue with other practitioners of martial arts. Chinese Kung Fu in particular has long since suffered from caustic political discourse, which can only change with you. Remember, the person you wholeheartedly disagree with doesn't love martial arts any less than you do. Take care, and thank you for supporting the Dudes of Kung Fu!